0: Thank you. Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmad. I am the founder and editor of the blog CareerMedis.com. And this is actually episode 41 of the Career Medis Podcast. Today's episode is part of the personal branding series where I have been interviewing individuals who have really taken their individual personal brands to new heights. These are individuals from different walks of life from whom we can all learn from and how to improve your unique brand to help take your career or business to the next level. And for today's expert series episode, I'm interviewing Christine McAllister from Life with Passion. Christine McAllister is a freedom strategist and expert on turning tragedy into triumph. Her company, Life with Passion, helps high achieving, motivated women use their unique gifts and challenges. To create and lead passionate lives, doing work they love. Christine, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Ari. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on board—you have built a very, you, you have a very extensive bio, and what I just read doesn't cover a lot. In a moment, I'd like you to expand on that. But a question I always ask my guests, because this is fun, is uh, where are you calling from?
1: I am calling you from Louisville, Kentucky.
0: I personally have heard of Louisville, have not been there. In case people haven't heard about Louisville or never been there, what is something that most people do not know about Louisville unless they have lived there or they have been there? Ooh, that's a great question.
1: It's the home of the Louisville Slugger Museum. So if you're into baseball, this is a mecca for you. Kentucky's really known... In positive terms um, for two things and those are horses and bourbon so you can come here and um, it's the home of bourbon and it's the thoroughbred horse capital of the world so it's where the Kentucky Derby is held every year
0: yes and I was going to ask that so uh, it's it's a very famous horse racing event I don't believe it's only North America I think it's global it's well known so that's interesting so uh, I like to ask that question because you always learn something new about the places where people live. So that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to go back to your bio. I think I've read something very simple. I know I don't want to steal your thunder by telling the audience about your impressive experience. So you could maybe help us out. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your story.
1: Sure. Like you said, I've done a lot of different things in my career. I studied communication. So I studied media communication, and I actually plan to go into film or music video production. So I, I was a producer and have produced a documentary that aired nationally here in the U.S. on PBS and have also been a professor, an undergraduate and graduate professor teaching communications. I also spent several years as a full-time career counselor, so helping people get into their dream jobs. And I built a business on the side while I was doing those things. And so uh, that business was and is in online marketing. So promoting small businesses uh, and connecting them with, with leads for their products and services around the world. And along the way, I have worked at the Olympics three times. So because I studied media communications, I had that background in television production and had the opportunity to work at three different Olympics across the globe. I am a big animal lover. And so I got my first horse when I was uh, 23 and have grown that into a horse breeding business. They breed Arabian horses and have started Four different businesses along the way. Um, the fourth is Life with Passion. That's what I do nearly full time now, continuing to work with a couple of marketing clients. But Life with Passion is sort of the culmination of my of my experiences. And I, like you said, I help I help people around the world to live their life with more passion, right? Like doing work that they love and stop holding themselves back, like figure out why they're not there yet and help them get where they want to be.
0: Well, that is an impressive bio because very rarely I get to speak to someone who has been a documentarian, someone who's been uh, in media, a professor all in one time. So you have done, you have, you have had an extensive career. Very impressive. (laughs) Very impressive. It's like three people's uh, careers in one. Um, I'm I'm curious, what was the culmination? Like you started, you have done all this career and then you have now become a full-time entrepreneur, uh, a career, uh, you help, you coach people. So what was the culmination? What was the journey like? I I mean, what made you move into what you're doing today?
1: I love that question. Well, you know, I took, I I started with what I knew, right? Like, I became a professor, not because that was my career path at all, but because it was an opportunity that was presented to me. I never planned to teach. I had planned to, like I said, go into film. And what happened really was that I've always followed my passions. And so, I got a call offering me to um, to become a professor at my alma mater, which was a huge honor right out of grad school. And it also gave me the opportunity to to start building a life that I loved, which included, you know, getting my first horse, which was a lifelong dream for me and included moving back to back to Kentucky where I could have a horse as opposed to moving to someplace like LA or, you know, DC, which is what I was looking at. And I realized that I, I wanted my, I've always wanted my job, my career, my businesses to support my life. And so I made that decision because I knew I was going to get to actually have a life rather than working 20 hours a day and building, you know, a career maybe that I was passionate about, but that like, that was all I got to do, you know, for years and years and years. And so that's why I made that decision. And and really I started the online marketing business, the first business because I desired more freedom and I really wanted to be able to help people like using my gifts and also on my terms because I love to travel and I love to I love to work but I wanted to work when I wanted and that sort of thing. And so along the way I built up that business and the big turning point for me happened in early 2015 when I was enjoying the business, I was enjoying my clients a lot, but I knew that there was more that I could do. Probably like a lot of you listening, like, well, I'm in this, you know, I'm in this job or I have this business and it like pays me well or whatever, but I I wanna do more. Like I wanna know that I'm making a big difference in the world. I wanna know that I'm really using the things that I was made to do. And so there was a missing piece, but I was kind of like, Well, this is what this is okay. Like I don't know what else I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna stay with this, right? And in early twenty fifteen I was expecting my first baby and everything had been perfect with the pregnancy. And at the end of the pregnancy, I went to a routine doctor appointment and found out that the baby's heart had stopped and there was no explanation, you know, so I had just finished like my last baby shower. We'd put the car seat in the car, you know, getting ready to pack a hospital bag, just wait for me to go into labor and out of the blue, this happened. And so I found out this happened and like I went into this crazy state of like they sent me straight to the hospital to be induced to deliver this baby that had already passed away. We were waiting to find out if it was a boy or a girl and um we found out, you know, while I was waiting to deliver her that it was a girl and then like they started telling me, "Oh, by the way, while you're waiting to go into labor, like you need to start planning a funeral." I mean, it was like the most just, you know, you can imagine, the craziest thing that I've ever been through. And of course, afterward, this profound grief because this is not supposed to happen, right? Like this is not the normal course that life takes. Out of that, I did a lot of questioning um, of everything in my life. And I got really clear that I wanted to create a legacy for myself and also for my daughter, Maeve, um, since she wasn't going to be here to do it. And I wanted to create a legacy that we could both be proud of. And so I took a really hard look, and I hired a mentor to help me figure out what are those unique gifts? What are those unique skills? I was working out of what Gay Hendricks in the great book, The Big Leap, what he calls your zone of excellence. So I was really good at what I did, but I wasn't working out of my zone of genius, like my unique gifts. And so I, I went through a process to, to figure that out, And that was the reason that I that I started Life with Passion, because I realized that if you looked at all the things I'd done, the common thread through every single one of them, whether it was a job or a business, was that I was really, really good at honing in on strategy and also like empowering other people, helping them figure out what was unique about their business or themselves and building a strategy to like help them succeed at that. So combining those two things, and so I built life with passion out of that. That's exactly what I get to do every day: is like motivate and inspire and empower others to identify and use their unique gifts, and then you know build their careers around them.
0: Wow. Um, As I was listening to what you just shared, on one hand, it is it is extremely. I don't think I've met or spoken to someone who's had that experience. So it is sad, and I'm sorry for your loss on the other hand you have taken something that is extremely personal a personal tragedy and you have managed to turn it around and now you're inspiring and helping others so uh, i think that's a great lesson there and i think that's that's the cornerstone of your business if i understand because that's what you do with life with passion you've used yourself as an inspiration to inspire others
1: yes exactly thank you you know at the beginning of my business i had some questions around If people would like judge me and think that, you know, I was exploiting Maeve's loss, but I realized that in this conversation that we're having about personal branding, like I realized that that was the thing that inspired me to do this. Right. And so if I wasn't talking about it, then it was inauthentic. And I'm a very genuine person. (laughs) You know, what you see is what you get. And so I realized that like I was hiding out for fear of, of judgment or of criticism, like I think a lot of us do, but that it actually was like honoring her. And, you know, when someone loses a child, like you want everybody to remember that child. You don't want them to be forgotten. And so that gave me the opportunity to talk about her. And like you said, inspire other people and kind of make myself the example
0: you hit on a very important word here. The word is authentic and genuine. And um, and this is me. When I was getting into learning about personal branding, most of the advice out there is about, you know, it's, your personal branding should be about building it in such a way that people come to you for job opportunities, for businesses, and et cetera. In the recent times, I've seen a shift where it is moving away from the business personal side, but more of a personal side where, authentic authenticity uh, i know you've touched on that but i'd like you to expand on the importance of being authentic when you're building your brand or making yourself known
1: yeah authenticity right is is super important to us you know as as millennials as people who are seeking to make a difference in the world and for me it requires i've found that it requires doing like some internal work and some processing to make sure that how I'm putting myself out there is actually authentic to, to who I am. And it also requires me to get over and a lot of us to get over our perfectionism. Because a lot of times we only want people to see the perfect social media image, right? So we only post on Facebook when we're doing something really awesome, for instance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so people only get that perception of us. But what I have found over and over and over is that the reasons that that people come to me, the reasons that people hire me are because I'm real, uh, because I keep showing up when I've had a realization that's, you know, it's it's something hard or I'm, I'm having a tough day and I talk about how that integrates into my job, my business. And I create a lot of content that is around stories that share how I took something that was a challenge, even if it was a small challenge, like I woke up feeling anxious today, right? Mm-hmm. And I turn that into, but here's what I did with that. Right. So you can apply this in any career path that you have. You can apply this as you're creating content, as it applies to like, let's say you're a project manager or something. Right. Like, how did you deal with a personal struggle or issue that you had? It's let's say you're blogging about it. Mm -hmm. You could you I mean, there the possibilities are endless. You could talk about how you had this big project at home or whatever. And how you took your natural skills as a project manager to apply that and get this good outcome, where it first seemed overwhelming, and now you have this great outcome. Whether it's home improvement or you know, a planning a wedding, I mean, you could apply it in any number of areas.
0: I think that's important when we talk about the personal branding. It it no long. I think the the experts I'm interviewing, they all share this common trend. So you you mentioned the word introspection, uh, doing some internal thought, but I'm just listening to this and doesn't that take also, doesn't that also involve having a lot of courage to share your areas of weakness, your vulnerabilities? Um, so what what are your thoughts and how does someone overcome that if, if that is the case?
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, that is such a great, great question. So I think that in my experience, both in my own life and in, in my clients' lives, what I have found is that it, it comes down to having a, a a big enough reason to do it. Some people would call it knowing your why, right? But sometimes that can stress people out because you're like, well, I don't know my why or I don't know if it's big <laughs> enough and that causes all like more problems, right? So I think it that's a simple way to say it is like, what's the big reason that you want this, right? If you have this dream job that you're going for and you know that, you've got to do certain things and put yourself out there in an authentic way in order to get the attention of the hiring manager or the CEO or whoever it is, then you've got to keep coming back to what that job, what that opportunity is going to allow you to do. Because, you know, our fears of showing up as weak, of showing up as not perfect, like, I mean, those are real and those are super powerful. And I think that most people, the majority of the population allow those fears to keep them stuck because they are so powerful, right? Uh Because they are out of our unconscious minds, which are 95% of our brains. So if we aren't really aware of what's going on and have Uh a bigger reason to overcome those fears, we're going to allow them to keep us stuck. So I think the first thing is looking at why do you want this? Like, what is it going to allow you to do for your life? And really focusing on that, shifting your attention to focus on that rather than the potential outcomes if your fears come true.
0: That's key, right? Because uh, I'm thinking of, if you think of what your career, your your interviews, your resume, you're trying to create an image of perfection so that you get hired. The recent interviews I've been on where I'm a candidate, there's a lot, I've seen a slight shift where people are asking me about my failures, uh, what i would learned from mm-hmm. that, because they are open to seeing, I think even companies that are hiring, they're getting tired of getting seeing perfect candidates and they know that nobody's perfect so they're trying to open up and learn more about the person rather than that's what are the accomplishments on the resume so it's very similar to what what you mentioned that seems to be a common trend right now the whole concept of authenticity and getting connected on a personal level so that's something i've i thought i've uh, come across as well so you've talked about the why. You talked about introspection. So they have, let's say, people listen to the, listening to this. They have figured that out. What is the next step? Where? Do, how do they get started? You know, if to build a good brand for themselves.
1: Great question. So I think that it depends on what your goal is, right? And what you were just talking about um, with, you know, your recent experience and people asking about failures and that kind of thing. I think that another really important part of that is that it makes you memorable, right? So in terms of, you know, a sea of resumes or whatever, or a sea of, of candidates or interviews, you go in and you share something that is, it's like a hook, It's like a personal hook, right? Like, oh, he's the guy who, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's also a much better indicator of your potential future performance than anything on your resume, right? Like if they ask you the question, how did you handle a failure or, you know, what's a weakness? Like that's an opportunity for you to say, To show that you're self-aware, to show that you're working continually on yourself, and I know that a lot of the hiring managers I've worked with have shared that they would much rather have somebody who is trainable and who has those, quote-unquote, like, softer skills in terms of being in touch with themselves and being a likable person Mm -hmm. than somebody who's perfect on paper and is a jerk, Right. That's true. So so you coming across as authentically you makes you memorable in a really positive way so that mm-hmm. really when all they have, when once you've left the room, once they've interviewed, everyone is an impression of you that if that impression is positive, that goes so much farther than like some numbers that they wrote down, you know, ranking you because mm-hmm. that's going to trump it. You know, that's going to trump that like objective rating. They're going to be like, well, he might not have this, but man, I really liked him as a person. You know, and that goes a long way because they're going to be working with you. Does that no, make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense because uh, I, I, I like your analogy, right? Having someone having a perfect resume being a jerk where someone who doesn't have a perfect resume, but this person can learn, can be trained, uh, would be a better cultural fit. So I, I like that analogy a lot.
1: I know that was a, a diversion, but I thought it was important to bring up something that you said um, triggered that for me. So I think that's important.
0: Yeah, no, that was a great point. That was a great point. So, going back to what we the going, the, we talked about the why, right? Now, I'm, now my question is on the how. Yep. Uh, do you Do you have any recommendations on the hows? Like, is there a steps that you would recommend? Sure.
1: I guess it depends on what part of the process you're in, right? Like, are we? Would you like to talk about like how to apply this in an interview setting, or how to apply this in a job searching setting, or what do you think that would be most helpful?
0: I think what would be really helpful is even before they get into the interview uh, and jobs uh, search, it's good to build mm-hmm. some type of a brand for themselves, right? You mentioned the sure. word sea of resumes. So how do you stand out even before you get there? For example, so if I can clarify, is do, do they need to build a strong following on social media? Do they need to work on their LinkedIn profile? Do they need to create their blog? Or do they need to start uh, you know, speaking as you are. So there's so many ways to build a brand. In your experience, as what do you think is the best way to get started?
1: Sure. So if you're starting from the ground up, if you're starting from uh-huh. zero, I would take a look at, I would take a look at the places where I'm active on social media. And I would go through and I would say, does this reflect, you know, the, the real and best version of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's also an opportunity for personal growth, because if you've got some stuff from five years ago or you've got some stuff from university or something, and maybe, you know, there's pictures of you at a party like you don't (laughs) want that to be seen. Right. Or that's not who you are anymore, let's say, like, go ahead and get in there and clean that up. I think that's a growth process for you. I think that not only physically doing that, but also realizing, hey, I'm not that person anymore. Like I look at that picture and I feel weird. Right. So now you have a better understanding to that introspection of who am I now and also who am I aspiring to be? Who am I growing into? The, the best version of myself, the person that everybody is going to want to hire. Mm-hmm. I think there's also an opportunity as you're job searching to take a look at like – the about pages of these companies? Uh How do they put themselves out there? Like, I remember one time, my dad said to me, we heard this commercial on the radio for it was a car dealership. And it was this really high pressure, you know, come in today, and we'll make you make sure you walk away with a car. And he looked at me and he said, Christine, if that's the kind of commercial they're putting out, that's the experience you're going to have when you walk into that car dealership, right? Like they're being authentic to their brand. I know it stuck with me. And so, so when I have been job searching myself or helping clients do it, what I always do is look at, look at how the company portrays itself. There's a, there's an international company here in, in Lexington down the road in Lexington, Kentucky called big ass fans. And They make huge fans, right? They make big ass (laughs) fans and they're like eight, 10, 20 feet across industrial type fans. But their logo is a a donkey and it's like looking over its shoulder at you. And so it's this big donkey butt. And they (laughs) are very tongue in cheek about their branding, right? So and they're also a great example of like if you're offended by the name of their business, you're not a good candidate. You should not apply. If you can't proudly say, I work at Big Ass Fans, then you don't belong there in their company culture. It's not a good fit for you. So I would start to look and like, be reflective about these companies that you might want to be a part of, like get to know how they put themselves out there and their branding and trust that if they're a company you want to work for, they are congruent in their branding and you can look and, and be reflective and be like, does that hit me right? Or does it not? That is a really good way because chances are if you're living like authentically and you read about this company and their values, their mission or whatever sound exciting and good to you, You're going to be so much better a fit than if you read this one over here and, you know, you just think you should apply because you want a different job.
0: That's very interesting. I don't think I've heard that yet because a lot of the advice that we read about is, yeah, yeah, you need to build a consistent brand. And, you know, you should, you should resonate with the interviewing company. But in your case, what you're saying is learn about the company of like the prospective company up front and see if your brand, your authentic brand builds, uh, jives with their brand. So instead of you trying to fit in, see if there is a connection, right? Yes. Actually, that's very impressive. I've never heard that before. So that's a, that's a great insight.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of flipping it on its head, right? Rather than being like, we should have this many followers and this many readers on our blog. Like, we know that the biggest potential for um, happiness in a job and a career is that you like your immediate supervisor. And so, you know, if you resonate with the type of people who work there, the brand and all of that, then chances are, And, of course, pay attention to this if you get to the interview stage, right? Like, are you going to be getting – are you getting a good feeling from the person that is interviewing you who you would be working for? But, you know, it's all about setting you up for success, right? Because it's so – it can be so overwhelming and frustrating, especially when you're looking online for these these postings, and there's a lot of them. And we know that if we're just searching online, we might be one of 100 or 200 candidates. But if we find a brand that we like, then that gives – that can give you an opportunity to get in touch, maybe even build a relationship with a company that you'd be really excited to work for. Because I've seen it happen a lot of times that where you might not be a fit for them now, but they're going to keep you on file because you reached out in a different way because you impress them with your authenticity, with an email or a letter or whatever. And then when something comes up, maybe they don't even advertise that job because they go, hey, you know, she would be a great fit for this, I think. I'm just going to pull her resume out or I'm going to search for that email and I'm going get back in touch with her and see if she's still looking.
0: And that only happens when you are memorable and you're authentic and stand, that makes you stand out. So the keyword word here is memorable, right? Uh, yes. Based on what he said. That's very interesting. And uh, a lot of people, including myself in the past, we play a numbers game. But if you can make sure that you stand out being memorable in each interview or each interaction, you have a higher chances of being employed for a long time.
1: Yeah, and happily employed, right? Exactly. Um, I think think that it's also, you know, as you're job searching, one thing that I always did and that I still teach to this day is – Make sure that you really take a lot of time with the application to show them that you get their brand, to show them that you've done your research, to include the keywords that they say are important to them in the description, right? And, and you know, this is probably advice that you've heard before, but that's another way to actually become memorable before you get to the interview. You know, update that resume to to include the things that actually make you a great candidate and not just use that same resume, hit upload, you know, submit for everything, right? And if you have the opportunity to write a cover letter, that's a great place to become memorable. Or even if it's an email that you're sending, somebody asked you, hey, forward me your resume, I'll send that. Take that space in the in the email itself to basically write a cover letter because it's going to get forwarded on. So there are a lot mm-hmm. of different like hacks and ways that you can get, you know, around the traditional system to make yourself memorable.
0: One of the final questions I have uh, as we're narrowing down to the close here is you mentioned the word happily employed and um, your business name. I want to go back to the beginning of the interview is life with passion. So happiness, passion. I hear that a lot. Everyone hears that a lot today and everybody has a different take on it. So I'm curious when you say life with passion, what does that mean for you?
1: I really value Uh, feeling motivated and feeling energized and feeling productive in my work. I really value being able to work in a way that supports my life rather than my life is entirely only about this one thing and it drains me. Uh And so for me, life with passion means having the opportunity to To make a big difference in the world with my work Uh and to help others, you know, feel passionate, to empower them to – because I believe that we're all made with these unique gifts and we're all made with the potential to make a difference in the world, whether it's like – you know i'm very visible right and i speak uh-huh. and i write and i am all over the place but maybe that's not your desire maybe your desire is to you know work on some this little project that's going to have big impact or to create really really high quality work that's going to stand the test of time so no matter what it is it's getting to do work that works for you and that uses the the way that you're made to uh-huh. get you excited and and that you look forward to doing and that you feel very proud of you know uh-huh. and that also allows you to have a life doing the other things that you love and that and so that at the end of the day at the end of the month at the end of the year you're satisfied I think that's what it means
0: yeah thanks for clarifying that that is uh, I think that's uh, one of the best examples of or best explanations of passion I've heard so uh, thanks on that the final question I have for Christine is we are we are now coming we have come to the end of the interview before we conclude uh, any last words anything that you would like to add for the audience?
1: I think the most important thing is just to start, you know, or to use, use this episode as like motivation to just do something small today. Because, a lot, you know, we've talked about a lot here and it's really easy to get overwhelmed, right? Like, well, I want to go work for this company, but I have no idea how to get in the door. So that's depressing, right? So I would say I would say just to allow yourself to like to dream and maybe to take action on that for five minutes today, mm-hmm. because what you're going to do is you're going to start to build momentum and then it's going to keep you out of that procrastination, perfectionism, feeling totally overwhelmed and feeling anxious and, you know, going down the shame spiral of it's never going to happen for me. Right. So yeah. instead, like take take five minutes of action today toward that dream job and i think you're going to find if you repeat that every day that you're going to look up and be like i've made a lot of progress and Mm -hmm. that's going to build like your belief that this is possible
0: i think that's an excellent conclusion christine it was a pleasure having you on the show as i mentioned during my interview, i've learned some new ideas and exciting ideas some a shift in my mindset. So I'm sure the people listening to this have also benefit from that. So it was great having you as a guest.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've loved being here.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview with links to Christine's website as part of a blog post uh, on com. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this uh, episode among your social network. And uh, to watch other episodes of the Career Matters Podcast, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. Until next time, this is uh, Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Matters Podcast. Thank you.